Coming in as Loom. Newell Dyke centered it. Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Ryan Pike on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome to this hour of the program. With Pike, it's Steinberg from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Hello, Pike. Hi, Pat. How are you? I'm well. How are we doing? Not bad. I think, uh, you know, it's a fairly nice day outside, and uh, the Flames had a, a fairly good performance uh, on mon- on Tuesday night. So, I mean, you know, I think uh, the clouds have not fully parted uh, a- a- around uh, the hockey club, but I think there's potentially a glimmer of sunshine breaking through. We'll see. Um, and, may I mean, you're, you you said they're going to win eight in a row, so I they, said they'd be capable of winning winning eight. In I a row. think you said it, and so but Pike, you're on, but they're one for one. I think you should start doing victory laps. Hey, I'm, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> they'd win nine in a row if they won eight in a row from when you said it. Um, before we get in on the on the bigger picture as to where the Flames are in this playoff race, I, I want to start by. Diving in on the uh, the legend of Walker Dewar because this is uh, he's turning into a cult favorite. Uh, this guy's starting to capture a lot of Flames fans' minds and imaginations, and and honestly, man, it's turning into a really cool story. So he gets the game winner in Tuesday's two one win over LA. He's up to six goals and ten points in twenty one games. He leads the team in some of the five-on-five metrics that you really like production-wise. He's number one in five-on-five goals and five-on-five points per 60 minutes. Um, That's a pretty cool story, and that's for players with, uh, whether you're doing it with players five or more games played, 10 or more games played, 20 or more games played, he leads. And this has the chance and the makings of being one of those really good undrafted college success stories for the Flames. Another cool Craig Conroy college free agent signing success because, look, as as you and I both know, Connie's done a really good job in the college free agent department since he took the reins in that direction. And, you know, I, I, I whether you're talking about Connor Mackey, and I know it didn't work out really well, but that was that was one that seems like long-term, he'll probably still be a guy that gets plenty of NHL games. Garnet Hathaway, Josh Juris, and, and others, they've done a really good job in that regard of identifying college free agents and seeing how they can how they can translate or project to the NHL. And Dewar is fascinating. Um, they they were out there at Minnesota State Mankato and just talking to a couple of different people, talking to Conroy. What they're like every time they saw him, he popped. And Pikey wasn't playing a ton in the NCAA. He was not like he was a first line forward at Mankato. He hasn't been a first line guy in the American League, but. In the amount of time that he played in college, what he's played in the American, every time that you see him in his role, 
he pops. And they were like, hey, this guy's got some Garnet Hathaway in him as a really good right shot, right winger, bottom six NHL player. And and good on Conroy. Good on those area scouts because it it sure does look like they have uncovered uh, another gem that that wasn't drafted, another one of those undrafted college free agent gems. It, It sure is trending that way. Yeah, and you know what's what's the old saying? You know, there's there's no small parts, only small actors. And you know, we've we've seen the Flames at times, you know, really rely on guys like Trevor Lewis uh, as really key role players. I mean, Trevor Lewis, you know, is a guy that you know really helped the you know the the Kings do what they did when he was with that organization. And he wins faceoffs, he kills penalties, he does a lot of those sort of unsexy things and Walker door seems like he's trending in that direction because, you know, being the fourth line winger, you don't play a lot. It's sort of a, an unsung role. But if you have someone who's good in that role, like usually, you know, teams tend to do strength versus strength. So it's first line versus first line and second line versus second line and so on. So if your fourth line can be that much better than the other team's fourth line, all of a sudden they get a little bit nervous about using them and you have that kind of advantage. And, you know, any advantage you can get, especially in games as tight as the Flames have been playing, if you can get a Walker door to steer you, you know, steal you a shift or two, like he's been doing the last two, three weeks, that's huge. Well, and what Garnet Hathaway is turned into, and, and it started in Calgary by them identifying and bringing him in, what Garnet Hathaway is turned into is a coveted fourth liner, a guy that there's not very many of them, right? Guys that you're like, that is a guy that helps you win games from a lower spot on the depth chart. That's that's where the flame seawalker doer going. That's where I think is a, a good projection for him. I don't think that, that Hathaway and Dewar are clones necessarily. I think Dewar's got more skill um, and, and more speed. I think Hathaway plays with a little bit more edge. But both guys as right shot. Look, Hathaway was a, four, a really effective fourth liner here. How many times have we talked about that Hathaway, Derek Ryan, Andrew Mangiapane line? He goes to Washington how many fourth line guys get four year deals? And Hathaway got a four year deal in free agency. And then Boston uh, coveted, they, they were after Orlov, of course, to help their blue line, but they wanted Hathaway too, to, because you win with those matchup exploitations. It's great to have, you know, the, 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 the third line in Tampa. That won them a Stanley Cup in a lot of ways. It was massive in winning them two straight cups with Coleman and Gordon and Goodrow, right? Well, if you can have a fourth line that also goes out there and wins matchups, then you're making yourself that much more difficult to play against. And that's why, you know, right, yeah. I don't I don't know how it's going to go for the rest of his career. He doesn't even have 30 NHL games under his belt, but <laughs> it sure does it sure does feel like it's trending in that direction with this guy. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially when you think of the playoffs, if you're a team, you know, the the, the playoffs is a completely different animal. And if you're Boston and you're thinking that you're going to be playing a team that has, you know, basically eats, drinks, and sleeps you, you know, conceptually for two weeks at a time, you're, you know, you go out and get a current halfway. Some of the ways that you put things, man, I love it. You know what I mean. But, yeah, like you're going to be living the Boston Bruins for two weeks. And so having a Garnet Hathaway 
on your fourth line gives you an extra wrinkle to yeah. worry about. He's a guy who can steal shifts for you. And, you know, everyone, people remember, you know, vividly how tight that Flames Dallas series was last year. And having someone have the ability to tilt five minutes of ice time for you in, your, in a positive direction and tilt a game that in a, in a tight playoff series, that's the difference. Well, you and, want to know a great example of that too. It's funny you bring up Dallas because for the last two first round series, the flames have been in against the stars, one in the bubble and then one last year. And in that 2020 year against Dallas, you know what swung it in a huge way? Dallas's fourth line, the work that they got from their fourth line with Foxa on it. They were like Rick bonus at the time was able to use that line against the Gaudreau Lindholm Monaghan line. And and yeah. it won the battle way more often than not at five on five. And I'm not saying that that's what Lewis and Dewar are going to do, but if you can get those minutes from a fourth line, it's a huge, uh, huge thing to have in your back pocket. Yeah. And as, as we get closer to the draft, you and I could have some conversations on air about how good a job Dallas has been doing because I think Dallas's organization has done such a good job sort of finding guys all, you know, all over the place that can fill in all over their lineup. And that's one of the reasons why they're so good. And, you know, you're having the ability to plug those kind of guys in everywhere you need them to fit in. That's, that's the difference between being an organization that's an injury away from losing or an injury away from just plugging somebody else in. And, you know, I think having guys in the organization like Doer, I mean, Doer was a bottom six guy in the American league. He was very good at it and that's why he's here. But I mean, he, he, he did the work he put, you know, he, he's put in a lot of work with the, with the heat and the Wranglers in terms of, you know, figuring out the parts of his game that he needed to round out to be an NHL player. And I mean, he always had the skating, the skating is probably the thing when he was in college that popped for scouts, but the rest of his game, I think has really come along because there's, you know, we, we hear Daryl Sutter talk about consistency a lot. You don't really notice the the dips in Walker Dewar's game, even at the AHL level that you would have noticed maybe even two, three months ago. And that that's a testament to the work he's been doing. I, uh, I'm going to play you a couple of clips here in just a second, but um, I get, I give a lot of credit to that. The, the flames area scouting down there. I give a lot of credit to Craig Conroy. Conroy's the guy that, that heads up the college free agents. That's been an area of strength for this team uh, over the last little bit, not just signing guys, but then having them turn into guys that you can use in the NHL. That's uh, not every organization is able to do that. So tip of the hat to Conroy uh, and, and tip of the hat to that amateur scouting staff and, and how they've been able to identify and then project out these guys um, and, and look at a guy who was playing in a bottom six ish role in college and saying, He's still popping in that role, and we can translate that at one level in the NCAA and translate him to being that same guy at the NHL level. That's not easy to do. So a tip of the hat in that regard and and a tip of the hat to Walker because he, I hate as I said this in, in the first hour of this Wednesday edition of the program, um, I hate the term staying within yourself and that player stays within himself, but sometimes it's very apt. And that's exactly what Dewar does. To your point, man, like he he knows exactly what he is. He knows how to be effective at whatever level he's at. He knows the game that he needs to play, and he just goes out there and does it and executes it and keeps it real simple. Yeah, he's in, and in I think the the guys I, I I'll always I'll always bring up Trevor Lewis in this regard. Trevor Lewis is an expert of what makes Trevor Lewis really good, and that's why Trevor Lewis has been so effective in his role for as long as he has. And if you're 
trying to break in, I can't imagine how how valuable it is for someone in Walker Dewar's situation to sort of be able to talk to some of these guys on the, in the Flames organization who've been able to carve out really good niches for themselves for the last few years. Because you know, if if you're if you're Walker Dewar, thirty games into your career, I'm sure you look over at Trevor Luce and go, "Man, if I can have a career anywhere close to how long and how successful that guy has had, that could be that could be big for him." Funny you bring up Trevor Lewis on our postgame Tuesday following Calgary's 2-1 win over Los Angeles. I asked I asked Trevor Lewis because guy that he uh, that, that Dewar's probably played most with this year has been Lewis as his center or or on the left wing. And I asked, hey, what where where have you seen the progression? Your thoughts on the progression of Walker Dewar? Listen to what uh, Trevor Lewis told us on postgame on Tuesday night. You know, I kind of was on a similar path there and um you know, I talked to him a little bit about it, and it's uh, it's a learning process. You know, you uh, you play in the AHL, and um, you kind of practice all week, and uh, only play games on the weekend, and then you come up to the NHL, and you're playing games every other day, and you gotta you gotta be ready. So um, I thought, you know, he sat out a few games, and ever since he's came back in, you know, he's been there every night, and um, you know, I think it's kind of just a progression, a le- uh, learning curve, and um, he's done a great job. So that was uh, Trevor on our Flames Talk post game on Tuesday. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty good guy to have help bring you along, hey. And and they've made a really good combo together on that fourth line so far this year. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious. You know, granted, cart before the horse here, as as usually is with me. Uh, I I'm really curious how they can keep. Walker Dewar's game growing, especially if you look into into the future. I mean, he seems like the type of guy who would be really useful in special teams, especially as a penalty killer, because he's got those instincts and he, he sort of knows when to jump in and he knows how to negate other players. So I think, you know, maybe not this year, but he seems like someone that could have a lot of potential in that kind of a role. And uh, by the way, just quickly, uh, so Walker Dewar's played a little bit over 200 minutes at five on five this year, um, and 161, almost 162 of those minutes he's played with Trevor Lewis. So that that they have made a really good forward duo so far this year. I'm also curious about what that next contract looks like. You know, if I'm the Flames, mm-hmm. I wonder if I'm getting out in front of it here, and and maybe if I'm trying to get something done even before you get to the summertime and you get into the typical RFA time window, kind of that, you know, usually it's it's early July into early August is when a lot of those RFAs start getting signed after you've taken care of the UFA business. You get to work on the guys that are under team control. I wonder if you get out in front of that if you're the Flames. Wouldn't surprise me if the Flames are thinking and yeah, let's let's maybe let's maybe jump the not jump the gun, but let's maybe jump the queue a little bit here and, and get something done for for Walker before um before we even get to that point. I think it'd be some smart work from them. And and you know what? If they were to go usually a guy like Dewar, you sign to a one year deal, you know, close to one year seven fifty, one year eight hundred, something like that. Wouldn't surprise me. And and I don't know if it I don't know if wouldn't surprise me is the right term, but I think there's some wisdom and maybe thinking multi-year because though there, there's those guys are rare that you're like okay we know exactly where we see him and so you can get him maybe for a, a few years at cost certainty and it's not going to be a five million dollar cap hit but if it's you know very low seven figures or high six figures and you get him for two or three years 
I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't even know if you're taking that much of a risk by going two or three years and probably probably don't want to go two because that would walk him right to UFA. But, you know, if you were to go three years on a guy like Dewar, I, I think there'd absolutely be reason to do that. Yeah, I, I think the X factor for him is just the idea that, you know, he's only played, I think, 22 games or 21 games in the NHL. And he, he has Arbright's this year. But, you know, if you, you know, at most you'll have, 30 games of NHL experience. So it's not really much of an ARB case. And I think the big challenge is he he's the type of player that if we knew more about the NHL salary cap situation going, especially into next season, like it's going to be tight for everybody. And he's the type of player that in that type of situation kind of gets squeezed. But, you know, if you told me that they're just going to punt it down the road, by a year and you know in in a year the cap could go up by four five six seven eight million dollars like it's going to go up by a ton uh this this coming year no one's really sure yet it, it's going to be a million maybe a little bit more but not probably too much more but if you had the flexibility to sign him long term i think it, it it's probably save you some money in the in the grand scheme of things but just the the tightness of the salary cap in the the short term might be the only thing that mitigates that a bit Steinberg and Pike along with you. This hour of Flames Talk underway. Uh, a few texts at 960-960. Um, this says, uh, do you, does he remind you guys of Derek Ryan at all? A fourth-line guy that makes a huge impact. It's not like different players, different positions, but very similar. Like Derek Ryan is what he is, right? He's a good fourth-line guy. You know, for a little while there, he was maybe a little bit higher up the lineup, but for the most part, He's been a fourth line guy for the last little bit. And so whether it's Ryan, who's kind of, again, one of those coveted bottom six depth players, Ryan Hathaway, if Dewar turns into that, that's a big time success story for the Flames. Yeah. And, you know, they, Derek Ryan was a part of a very good hockey club for the Flames for a couple of years. And, you know, I think if you look at sort of how Hathaway developed and how especially Adra Majapani developed, I mean, Good fourth liners help you in a lot of ways, but if you have good fourth liners that can help develop guys that move up the depth chart for you a bit, there's a huge value there. Yeah. And I think I think if you're the Flames, you look back on the money that you spent on Derek Ryan and you look back on the ice time that you invested in him and how he was used to help other players, and you look at how Majapani's turned out, and I think you, you look back at that as a very nice investment. Uh, this text says, Walker Dewar, folk hero. Hey, turning into that. Uh, he's creating a legend for himself. This is uh, Kirk Muller who joined us on Flames Talk post game as well. When the door opens for you and you get an opportunity to to, to play at the NHL level and, and get uh, an opportunity to be in the lineup, you got to take full advantage of it. And I think he's you know he's spent his time in the minors uh, and he's brought uh, some element to the game that that we needed the speed and the pace that he skates at. So he's a big kid. He can skate. He knows the game. He's he can. Uh, you know, he's reliable without the puck, and so it gives you a chance to, you know, to play at this level. And he's got a great shot, and he's, he's an opportunist right now. So, you know, you combine all that, he, he looks comfortable now. He le- it looks like he feels like, hey, I could play in the NHL, and, and uh, he's playing with two veteran guys that are helping him out. So he's, 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 been, he's played really well for us uh, in the last few games for sure. That was Kirk Muller, Flamestock game from Tuesday night, following a 2-1 win over the LA Kings, available wherever you get your podcast. Steinberg and Pike with you this hour of Flamestock. How about that win, Pike? Like, I, I think you can 
make a very salient argument that was their best game of the season or one of their most impressive games of the season against a team like L.A., who is 10-0-2 on a 12-game stretch going in to never trail and to hold a one-goal lead for, geez, 42 minutes and one second. Uh, that's pretty impressive stuff. And to look comfortable holding a one-goal lead, 42-0-1, not to mention uh, a goal that clearly should have counted late to make it 3-1 <laughs> and one that could have maybe counted, I don't know, on the, the disallowed goal in the second period. But they had... the. They were playing with a one-goal lead for 42 minutes and one second. And I I think it was Hainsey who asked Daryl the question post-game on Tuesday night about holding a lead. And Daryl said, well, that now it's you want to play for the next one and play like you're playing for the next one. And even though they technically didn't get the next one and it stayed 2-1, I thought that they played like that. You know, they still played on their toes. They still were controlling possession. They still were controlling zone time. And they played like they were looking to seal a win and not protect a victory. There were a lot of encouraging things from that win. Yeah, and especially playing a home game against a team that lit you up for eight the last time you saw them and play against a team. I mean, the Flames are a prepared club. They, the coaching staff does their jobs. And going in and playing against, you know, the, the last time that the, the Kings played a game outside of them – was a 7-6 win. So it's a team across the across the ice from them that can put up a lot of goals in a hurry. And the Flames held them to one. And it was just one systemic breakdown, uh, you know, but uh, they got Sean Jersey that shot. But beyond that, you know, they had a few breakaways that they got some big stops from the goaltender like you'd hope you would. And, you know, they – I'll say this. Uh, the, the Flames at times have sort of – deflated when things haven't gone their way, whether it's a, a bad penalty call or a, a goal review one way or the other that goes against them or, you know, a, hitting a post or a crossbar. Like there's all kinds of little moments in games that, you know, can, can cause teams to deflate. And the Flames did not have that deflation at all in that game. They, they kept at them. They, you know, they, they had that, uh, the, the Rasmus Anderson shorthanded goal disallowed. They kept at them. They, they had, which the, was the right. That was only the only oh, one that was clearly was, the right call. And, and Raz you know, knew we, it. The the uh, the the other the other I think I timed it I checked my Twitter feed uh, there was like a seven or eight minute de- delay on the the Elias Lindholm review in the second period it went through an entire TV timeout and then two or three more minutes after that it was interminable I I I think people were could have read books in the time it took them to to review that but you know if it's quick that means it's obvious if it's not quick that means it's not obvious and things that aren't obvious can go either way. Uh, and then, you know, they had the opportunity for those things to derail their game plan, but they, they didn't do it. And I think, you know, I think now the big question is, I know, you know, I can imagine the text line is blowing up with people going, well, is that the most important win of the season? I mean, it's the most important win of the season if they make that win mean something. Well, and, every win now is the most important win of the season. I'm sorry. Like the, every <laughs> win, they beat Vancouver just as important as beating L.A. Yeah, but I but now they put themselves in a situation. I mean, with with the way the out of town scoreboard went, they're two points out, and they're two points out. And if you you look at the the out of town scoreboard, the schedule for the other two teams in the mix, Nashville and Winnipeg, and you look at the Flames schedule, uh, the Flames play the only teams that that are in the playoff mix that the Flames play from here on out are Winnipeg and Nashville. Everyone else is out, like out, done and cooled. You know, no chancers. Vancouver's and, eight two and one in their last eleven, though. 
yeah, they're you know no no they've been they've been playing loose. They've been playing very good hockey. But you know if you're looking if you're judging it by strength of schedule, just by you know what your opponents have done this season, you know the the Jets and the the Predators have okay. But let me ask you this: schedule. How much does that really matter? And I I ask that <laughs> only because Calgary's because of inability how the team has done this year. Well, not just that, but look who Nashville beat on Tuesday. The hardest mark on their schedule. In the Boston Bruins, they essentially shut them out on home ice. They didn't because Pasternak scored with less than two seconds to go, but they essentially shut out the Bruins in Boston. So, and and Winnipeg just lost to San Jose, and they've won some of their harder games. You know, that back-to-back in Florida, they took both. I just, the the schedule, the strength of schedule is not irrelevant, but I also don't know if it's the most telling thing, you know? And and for me, it's all about the Flames just taking care of their business. They got seven to go. And if they go five and two, I think they give themselves a decent shot. Anything less than that, I think it's either no chance or you're putting yourself in that limbo bad threshold area. Yeah, but you know, I'll say I'll say this. I mean, they're not in by any stretch of the imagination. They have a lot of work to do in the next uh, fifteen days. But they're in a situation where a they're going to be playing meaningful hockey probably the entire rest of the way. Uh, I I don't foresee either either the teams in the mix with them getting hot enough to completely wipe the flames out no. or the, with the way the flames are playing. I don't see them being completely wiped out by their own volition. So or I don't think they wipe out any of the other two teams. No, it's uh, I think we're going to be, you know, we're going to be watching that, uh, that late game on, uh, on April 12th. I think it's a, it's a U.S. national game, by the way, Pat, that uh, the eight o'clock start uh, on April 12th, TNT's picking it up. So it's going to be an eight twenty puck drop, I believe. Uh, and, that the last game of the season for the Flames will probably be an important one. And Nashville plays twice after that and Winnipeg plays once more. So, you know, by they'll be they'll be scoreboard watching based just on the schedule. But you know, if nothing else, you know, we're gonna be seeing some meaningful hockey up until uh, mid-April. Yeah, and, and maybe game eighty-two means something, maybe it doesn't, but the fact that game seventy-nine, a week from when we're talking right now in Winnipeg almost guaranteed to mean a lot and two games later game 81 at home to nashville hard to see how those two games don't mean a ton not just for the flames but in the overall three horse race here for this final playoff spot it just feels like seattle's out of it because they've got the fewer games played and they've got a little bit more of a cushion so it feels like three teams one one spot and and hey if you're if you're someone you know i know in this market we have many fans uh, who also wear uh, wear a sweater of another team in in canada based on proximity i know every time vancouver's in town there's a lot of canucks fans uh, who live in calgary who uh, who are you know probably hoping for them to play spoiler if you're the canucks and if you like you know if you like uh, you know interdivisional rivalries those two games against the canucks on friday and next saturday those are going to be really important games. And, you know, I, I think that'll, if nothing else, the Flames will be playing games against some old friends that will be really meaningful, either for old rivals to play spoiler or for the Flames to have to beat old rivals to get in. A few texts at 969.60 to uh, wrap things up before we bring in our Pacific Division insider, Jonathan Davis. Uh, Trevor says maybe Dewar's evidence that time marinating in the NHL is necessary and a good thing. Detroit in their heyday did it all the time. And, you know, outside of guys who are clearly better than that league, yeah, most of the time it is better. Hell, friends, 
Matt Coronado might need a season in the American League. It it may not be. He may like he might probably will get into a game between now and the end of the regular season. He's not eligible to go to the American League, but maybe Coronado needs a year in the American League next year. Maybe training camp shows that some seasoning with the Wranglers is the way to go. And if that's the case, that's okay if if he needs a year in the American League. So you don't always, you know, yes, there are guys, Jack Hughes clearly didn't need the American League. And Nathan McKinnon didn't need the American League. Matthew Kachuk and Sean Monahan didn't need the American League. If Coronado does, that's okay. It's it's not the end of the world. Um, this reads, do her one-way or two-way contract on his next deal. Uh, I don't know, he might, he might if, just with a little leverage, he might have put himself in the one-way he, map. The, uh, the 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 scenario I've sort of floated through uh, a few uh, scouts I was talking to the other night. Uh, if you're the Flames, like judge, based on the the tightness of the cap situation, if you're the Flames, maybe you offer him something next year at a, at a, a hair over league minimum, but a one way, and then he has arbitration rights in a year, and he's he'll be the age when his contract expires if he does a, a one year deal. That if the Flames don't use him, then he'll be a, a Group Six free agent, and if the Flames use him a lot, he'll be an RFA with a lot of uh, arbitration leverage. I like the idea better of going, little, see if you can go three years on Dewar, uh, and you know maybe you can get it in and around a mill. Uh, I think that's the way to go. Somebody goes uh, three years, three point five for Walker, get her done tree, or this Dewar at three years, one point two five per. Who says no? So the first one. Three divided by three and a half. That's about one point one one, and so that that would be good. One point two five. That that would probably be just fine if you could go somewhere. You know, straddling a million on a three year deal. I think you get it done if you're the Flames, uh, because that buys a year of unrestricted free agency, and it gives you cost certainty for a guy that you're almost certainly going to keep and use. And I don't think what we've seen from Dewar is some flash in the plant pan. I don't want to limit the guy, but if he's your number number four right side guy and is this effective on a regular basis on that type of contract, I think you got yourself a pretty good uh, a pretty good player and a pretty good deal. So that's the way I would lean is seeing if you can go if, three times nine fifty or three times one or something like that. If if they can figure out the cap this summer to get a long-term deal with him done, I think anywhere in the one to one and a half neighborhood would be reasonable, especially if you can get him for three or four years. Yep. And you can buy that one because he's two years away from UFA as a 25-year-old. So you can get that. You can buy at least one. Um, you can get at least one UFA year out of him. You're in, uh, I think you're in decent spot. Uh, he's Pike. I'm Steinberg. We're underway this hour on Flames Talk, and we're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Hey, it's George Russick. And Matty Rose. We host the big show with Russick and Rose. If you miss us weekday mornings on Sportsnet 960 to fan, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, download the podcast on demand. So many places that you can find the podcast wherever you get your favorite NHL, NFL, CFL, MLB, the stories that sports fans in Calgary want to hear. We got it for you. We are the big show. Talking your team right now. Flames Talk is on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. 
Time to go inside hockey on this Wednesday edition of the program. It's brought to you by Calgary Co-op. The beer tastes better when it's bought from the place that cheers for your team. Visit your local Calgary Co-op Wine Spirits Beer. Today, it's Wednesday. We go inside hockey, as always, with our buddy Jonathan Davis, our Pacific Division insider from NHL Network and NHL Network Radio. Hello, J.D. How you doing, Pat? I'm good, man. I, uh, I'm i doing all right. Buckling up for a playoff push that looks like it's going to go right down to the wire in the Western Conference. I like the chances, Pat. Your schedule, like, have you looked at Winnipeg's schedule, especially compared to yours? Yes, although I've also seen how the Flames have done against teams well below them in the standings this year. I, I know, but on paper, like, like, whose schedule would you rather have? Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, I, I think that the Flames' schedule shapes up nicely if they can take care of business. The problem is they have not done that on a regular at all for the most part through 75 games. I mean, they're in this spot right. because of 15 loser points, and right. yet they've got an opportunity to flip the script. In fact, you know th- this this might be their last opportunity to do so. Um, so I I don't. Um, I understand why there is still a lot of skepticism amongst Flames fans right now, but at the same time, they've put themselves in a spot where they almost control their own destiny. Not quite, but almost fully control their own destiny. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would agree. I mean, and I mean, and in saying everything that you have, you know, if I told you like ten days ago that the Jets were going to, you know, have the Blues and the Sharks on their schedule. And they were going to lose both those games three nothing. You would say, "Yeah, okay, JD. You know, stop smoking whatever you're smoking. I'll, I'll, I'll take that bet. They ain't losing three nothing to both those teams, and they did. Yeah, it's just so. No, you got. I mean, yes, you got to play them, and but yeah, I, I, I like, uh, I, I like, you know, Calgary's chances. I think they've got and national schedule isn't very favorable either. It's not, and yet. Flames still got to do it. And then, you know what? If they do it, that's pretty impressive feat to pull off, knowing the uh, temperature in this town six days ago after the Vegas loss when they were six back. And, you know, if Winnipeg, yeah. if Winnipeg doesn't figure it out, well, then the Jets don't deserve to be in the playoffs anyway. And the Jets are... No. The, the, the San Jose Sharks and Anaheim Ducks could take lessons from the Winnipeg Jets on how to tank a season. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been it's been brutal. I mean, and I, I you know, bonus was pretty candid about about things last night after the game. I mean, you know, just you know, he was asked what do you need, you know, do you need to, to go in? Some paraphrasing here, but about trying to get his players motivated. He's like, if they can't get motivated on their own at this time of the year, yeah, bigger issues. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Well, let's uh, let's dive in on this Pacific Division because the Flames are are not going to be a Pacific Division playoff team. They're, they're going to be a wild card if they get in, um, and that could have them in the Pacific Division playoffs, depending on the way things go. But the Pacific Division playoff picture starting to shape up a little bit more. It doesn't look like Seattle's got a road to being one of the three seeds. Looks like it'll be in in whatever order, Vegas, Los Angeles, Edmonton, one, two, three. So how are things shaping up as we start to project out first-round matchups in the Pacific? Well, look, I would argue, Pat, that regardless of what we get in round one of the, the playoffs, 
that the Pacific Division first-round matchup, in interdivision matchup, is going to be the best series to watch in round one. Toronto-Tampa is a train wreck. You know, just like the car accident that we're all, you know, we can't wait to you know, <laughs> yeah. drive by and take a look at it. But whether it's, you know, Vegas-LA, Vegas-Edmonton, LA-Edmonton, I mean, that, that's going to be an A1 series. And, and for me, I think it's the best. So, I, you know, you watch the, the track meet that, that Vegas and Edmonton have played the last few games and such a fast-paced style. And, you know, Vegas uh, got out of their game uh, last night, and it was a rough one. Uh, but the games are super exciting. And for L.A., you know, they've got to be chomping at the bit to get this Edmonton team at some point with a healthy roster that they didn't have last year. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that rematch. Uh, would be interesting to see how it plays out. Would like, I mean, I, I don't know how the, the Oilers have eyes on home ice in round one as much as the Kings or the the Vegas Golden Knights do. Um, you know, Vegas has got a somewhat difficult schedule down the stretch. I mean, I, I could see any one of those three teams being the one seed in the Pacific, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and that game tomorrow night for in, in Edmonton with the Kings in town, I mean, for for Edmonton, especially having played one more game than both L.A. and Vegas, they don't want a three-point game uh, at all. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how, how L.A. responds. I mean, you know, I wasn't uh, necessarily surprised by the fact that L.A. lost last night. I mean, they're, they're, they're not going to win out the rest of the year. They're eventually going to lose at some point. You're playing a desperate Calgary team. And not to take anything away from what either team, you know, what Calgary yeah. did, but – you know, it, it was, uh, you know, for, for Los Angeles, I, mean, I, I think with some of the disallowed goals, it could have been a wider margin. And um, But I, I still like what I see from L.A. And, you know, when, when you look around still the division, you know, the way Markstrom played last night, it, it, you know, that's what you're hoping for for Calgary and you've been hoping for for a while. Uh, but I, I would think, you know, I think it's safe to say that, you know, L.A. and Edmonton do have the two best goalies of what's, you know, of the four teams that are going to make the playoffs. Um, Yeah, I and I, I'm really like, I guess I guess Dallas plays into this conversation or Minnesota or Colorado, too, because there's the potential of maybe it being um, a Pacific Division team. I, I guess right now there is a, the potential in the Pacific Division for two all-division playoffs, depending on how the wild card goes. Like if Calgary makes it in, they could easily be playing inside the division, um, and and perhaps Seattle could be playing inside the division, depending on the way things go like that. That remains very much in the cards here. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, yes, it would, uh, you know, barring some major collapse from the Kraken, they will face, sure, Vegas, L.A., or Edmonton in round one. So, yeah, we'll have, we'll have two series that, that uh, feature the Pacific Division teams. And, yeah, I mean, for Minnesota, Colorado, and Dallas, the, the, uh, the idea to avoid having to play one, you know, one of, you know, playing inside the division in round one and either playing Winnipeg, Calgary or Nashville is obviously far more appetizing. I don't know, Pat, like I keep hearing, you know, I've heard from multiple people say that, man, if Calgary gets in, they're going to be dangerous. Do you see that? Like, is there any indication that would make you think that way? Talk to me. 
when their playoff fate is decided. And I say that because if they get in going, you know, 3-3-1 three, three and one down the stretch and they get in because Winnipeg is so brutal that that's that they kind of back in that way, then no, I'm not I'm not buying that. If if they go, they've won two in a row here. Um, if they go yeah. in their final nine, something like seven, seven, one, and one, and that's how they get in. Well, then yeah, I'm all for it. And Markstrom's a big reason why. And and Kadri's starting to play better. And I've liked Kadri for three or four games in a row now. Like if it it all depends on how it looks. So they got seven to go. Am I am I there right now? No, uh, I'm not. I'm not ready to buy that quite yet. But. See, let's see how they do down the stretch, and if yeah. they can be that. You know, we we've never really seen the Flames go in 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 the 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 cap era anyway. Go into a playoffs red hot, and that's and and they catch momentum, and we see what they do from there. I'd be curious to see if they could do that here down the stretch. Absolutely, but if they back in and it's more a Winnipeg giving them the spot as opposed to Calgary seizing it, I don't know if I'm ready to go there. Okay. I just, uh, I just don't like if they're there, whoever they play out of the central. I mean, I just don't see, I don't really, I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah. Marshall could, Marshall's going to have to steal them all, you know, multiple games mm-hmm. for, for that to happen. But that's just, I don't know. That, that's, for, that's from my vantage point. Look, Pat, they could easily go on a run. I mean, they've got, you know, Vancouver twice and the Canucks are playing really good hockey. But, you know, Chicago, Anaheim, and Nashville, you know, that's, that's potentially three wins right there. Better be two. It better be. Well, that it better be that two. game 81 with Nashville will still have – Nashville plays yeah. twice after Calgary's done because of those rescheduled yeah. games. So that game 81 yeah. against Nashville could mean a ton. Obviously, a week from when we're talking right now, next Wednesday in Winnipeg is going to mean a ton. Like those are the those are the two that you circle, and we'll see if the Jets can take care of their business away from that game. Uh, the the Jets also play Nashville again. It's, I I honestly I don't know how to I don't know how to call this one and. Projecting any one of these teams is a stupid thing to do because none of them have shown they can be consistent this year. So I guess it's the team that can be most consistent down the stretch. Yeah, I I will say, I mean, despite the fact that I have a wager on Calgary not to make the playoffs, of the teams remaining, I hope they make the playoffs. I don't want to watch Winnipeg or Nashville. (laughs) I would rather watch Calgary. I would rather watch Calgary play. Uh, Just... Yeah. Well, I mean, who plays on Nashville anyway? Um, it's... Uh, yeah, you got Evangelista. You got... Tomasino. Yes. Cole Smith. Yes. Who's that? Yes. Uh, uh, Duchesne, right? Yeah. yeah, okay. All right, we digress. Jonathan Davis, uh, NHL Network Radio, joins us Wednesdays. Uh, spin around the Pacific Division in the Western Conference playoff picture. You can catch him on uh, Ice Cap on Sirius XM NHL Radio. Lots of other spots. You, you're you're said two, two more two more to hit before we wrap here. Um, yeah, San Jose plays spoiler. Obviously, they've done it twice now to Winnipeg, um, and Vancouver's doing it to everybody right now. And they're they're what eight two and one in their last eleven. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, it is, it's been a lot of fun to watch the Canucks play. It's been, you know, watching PD play and, and JT Miller and Kuzmenko. There's a lot of reasons to get excited. You know, they've got to find a way to, to 
to bolster that defense. And you've got Bubble Demko back. So, yeah, they're, you know, it, it, it's, it's been, they're, they've been a, a fun team to watch. And, and, yes, they can make life miserable. And, you know, for San Jose, I mean, look, they've got Colorado twice and uh, they got the Oilers twice and, and they got the Jets and the Flames. So, I mean, they definitely have, will have a say in the matter of who's in, who's out. Yeah. Uh, last, last one for you. So yeah. late on Tuesday, Flames up 2-1. Yeah. They already had one offside goal, goal called back, which was the right call on the Rasmus Anderson one. Jonas Corposalo gets a, a, a pass on an awful goal. Um, then there's the the one that they don't kind of find conclusive evidence for in the second period, which I I, I get, but it's that third goal that doesn't count into the empty net from Weger yeah. that was onside, but you couldn't review it, you couldn't overturn it. But I wonder how many puck line betters were losing their mind after that goal didn't count. Well, yeah, and, and look, I don't want to just make this, you know, about, you know, the degenerative, you know, you know, degenerative gambler here. But, you know, look, the NHL has, has partnerships with multiple, multiple sports wagering outlets. And we've seen there was a lot, there's been a lot of talk in football about it, you know, and, and the use of instant replay. And we've got a great tool here. And that, that one last night was, you know, very close. And, I just think that, you know, when in doubt, you know, don't, don't call it, leave it up to, yeah. leave it up to video review potentially. And because, you know, look, ultimately the league is hoping to generate a lot of money from sports wagering. That, that was a, that was something that, that, yeah, I, I really think it's just one more element into why let, let, let the video review tool be taken advantage of. We've seen it, you know, in so many instances, you know, it wasn't the first time, you know, as you, you mentioned the Rasmus Anderson play. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a crusher. If you had Calgary on the puck line or if you had a prop that, that I've been taking advantage of lately where you can pick a team, you can pick a game, and if you get a power play goal and an empty net goal, that's been paying out at plus 260. Um that would have been a nice little payout last night. Yeah. I, mean, I cashed it the couple, but I'm just saying, you know, because the league is, because the league is getting so involved, like I, you know, look, I'm not going to bitch, you know, you don't bitch him about high sticking and tripping and things like that, but something like offside, especially one that is ugh, oh so close, like eat the whistle. Yeah. Like, I really, I, I wonder if the league, because I know the NFL has talked to its officials about, plays where hey we're, where we've got the video review tool let's maybe try to use it if the coaches want to i think the nh i i just i i wonder pat if this is going to be a topic of discussion only because you know with like i said you you know every night you're seeing on a broadcast you know on sportsnet hey you know segments brought to you by bet 99 by DraftKings, same thing at tnt it's uh i you know, some people may go, JD, you're an idiot, and you're just a freaking gambler. I'm telling you, this is a this has become big. This is becoming what the NHL hopes will be significant revenue. It's big business, man. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, it's just something. It was a little thing last night, but it, you know, just that's just uh, something to pay attention to. Yeah. 
Good stuff, buddy. Get out of here. We'll talk to you next back. week. I want my money back. I want my money. <laughs> so, you know what? You should take it up with the uh, take it up with your book. See what they tell you. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a very short conversation. Uh, talk to you next week. Thanks, pal. All right. Jonathan Davis is our uh, NHL Network and NHL Network Radio Pacific Division Insider. He joins us Wednesdays inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Calgary's is the only family of products curated for the tastes of Calgarians, and you'll only find them at Calgary Co-op. As we start to wrap things up on this Tuesday edition, Wednesday edition rather, of Flames Talk. Flames don't play again until Friday night's game in Vancouver. That's the next time Winnipeg plays the Predators play tomorrow thanks to uh thanks to uh, everybody who um helped us out this hour of flames talk that'll wrap us up it's been the sports drive brought to you by calgary lock and safe be proactive in protecting your property get a full security audit from calgary lock and safe visit calgarylockandsafe.com